Hey, this is the last coffee house. We've got Best of Literature, The Tin Drum by Gunter Grass. I don't know what number this is, but it was published in 1959. It's the first book of what is apparently the Danzig Trilogy. It was originally written in German, and there is kind of a three-tiered list when it comes to books that I've read. First, there are the books that I've read multiple times that I know incredibly, and everything that I say about them is brilliant. There are the books that I've read for the first time, but because I'm so insightful, I'm able to pick up everything that's necessary to pick up beyond what most people would. And the third category are the books that I'm reading for the first time and I barely can grasp anything that actually happened or anything it's trying to say. So, this book is of course in the third category. <laughs> it's about the life of Oscar Matsaroff. It's told in first person, but I think at certain times it switches to third person, curiously. He's confined himself to a mental hospital from the years 1952 to 1954. He declares that he has retained the stature of a child. So he says that he just stopped growing at a certain point. And then he obsessively beats this drum. Now, Oscar is an unreliable narrator, so that's always a lot of fun. He will contradict himself directly at times. The story has elements of magical realism and it includes like myth and allegory so there's broader world building than just simple straightforward storytelling it's got a bunch of religious themes as well so in a lot of it, it kind of reminds me of master and margarita i know we already did that one right which is one of my favorite it was one that i had never read and i finally read for this and i, I just absolutely loved it it reminds me a lot of that but like i said it has a lot of religious themes it has stuff about nazis and jews and crystal knock he's got a couple of father figures and there are a bunch of thematic related to family and the way the family interacts or what family means just in general and like thematically for the particular character and in the particular place so oh just to make sure geez this is this is a big important part so like i said it's written in german it's after world war ii so much of what's going on is under the auspices or in the background of what happened in world war ii in germany and what germany did and what germany was subject to and all of that is an important context to understand the significance of this book. This is likely trying to work through, <laughs> trying to work through all of those issues emotionally, culturally, socially that arose in Germany just, you know, 14 years after everything had happened. There are these issues related to disputed paternity of a kid between the main character and somebody else. There are, like I talked about the magical realism, he, he has a superpower at a certain point where he can yell loud enough to break windows. And that must have some significance related to the night of broken glass and at various times i think he calls himself or somebody calls him jesus and then later he calls himself satan so there are a bunch of weird things going on in this book this is again the tin drum by gunter grass and i have no idea where the trilogy goes so i couldn't tell you any more about that but i do have some quotes for you okay i why didn't i i didn't get the first line that's what i always do is get the first line i'm just gonna go get the first line of damn book I lied, I actually did get it. <laughs> Okay, I just put it at the end. I just, for some reason in the quotes, I just put it at the end of the section on the quotes. So I did get it. Good job. Passed me. First quote, though, we're going to read is, quote, Once upon a time, there was a musician who slew his four cats, stuffed them in a garbage can, left the building, and went to visit friends. End quote. 
it's just, I mean, that's interesting, right? <laughs> that's an interesting thing. This is one of those books. So as I was reading it, I was like, there's just too much going. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what any of this means. I'm just racing through it to get through it. But taking some time to really sit and review and think about it, it seems like it's one of those books that could be extremely significant and clever and interesting. And I'm looking forward to reading it multiple times so that I can get more out of it. Quote, behind all sorrows in the world, Klepsaw ravenous hunger. All human suffering he believed could be cured with a portion of blood sausage. What quantities of fresh blood sausage with rings of onion washed down with beer, Oscar consumed in order to make his friend think his sorrow's name was hunger and not Sister Dorothy, end quote. My brain turned off as I was reading that, so I can't comment on it, but I do know that I've had blood sausage before and went to an Irish pub, and it was gross, so maybe that has something to do with it. Quote, what did the onion juice do? It did what the world and the sorrows of the world could not do. It brought forth a round human tear. It made them cry. At last they could cry again, to cry properly without restraint, to cry like mad. The tears flowed and washed everything away. The rain came, the dew. Oscar has a vision of floodgates opening, of dams bursting in the spring floods. What is the name of that river that overflows every spring and the government does nothing to stop it? End quote. Again, there must be a lot of things going on here. When it comes to Germany having been bifurcated by a wall for an extended period of time, you wonder if that has something to do with this. Just the idea of there being some significant significance to being teary-eyed because of onion, you know? <laughs> There's something interesting in that idea. And of course, it's in the context of what the government did and all the horrible things that either came to light or the German people had some knowledge of but didn't intervene about. And what that means relative to the tears and everything that, that are rising in this quote. Okay, quote, this is the opening. No, this isn't part of the quote. End, end quote. Stop quote. No quote. This is the opening line. <laughs> quote, Granted, I am an inmate of a mental hospital. My keeper is watching me. He never lets me out of his sight. There's a peephole in the door. My keeper's eye is the shade of brown that can never see through a blue-eyed type like me. End quote. Of course, it sets up at the beginning that bifurcation of racial value. <laughs> it sets up right away that would be very significant in a German context right after World War II. The blue-eyed person who's in a mental asylum has that already discordant nature of the Nazis would want to get rid of or euthanize people who they considered, quote, invalids, but this would be an invalid with blue eyes. So what do they do in that case? So just some basic analysis stuff. Like I said, there's just no way I have enough about this. Like The story-wise, like I brought up, I just hit basic points about it. There are, there are Nazis, there are Jews, there's family stuff, family drama. He plays his drama a whole bunch, and he's very protective of it. He's got these two fathers that are making regular appearances and he's got other family that have significance throughout and he's got a, there's a girl that he meets at some point and like I said there's a conflicting claim of paternity but so in the in the analysis like I said he feels like he has to he obsessively has to beat this drum and the idea of the phrase to beat a beat a tin drum is about bringing attention. You're creating a disturbance to bring attention to a cause. So for one critic, they talked about how beating the drum is symbolic of protests against middle-class mentality of his family and neighborhood, which could very well be the case. For some reason, I feel like, and like this is on limited information because I just don't have all the knowledge about all the parts of the book <laughs> enough to be able to say this definitively or anything, but I felt like it was a little more nihilistic <laughs> than just to be, I'm 
I'm making this political statement or that's the significance of it. Of course, it could directly be the case and I could be misreading it entirely, but uh, it felt like it was a little broader than that, that it was saying that there was some kind of a, a 20th century nihilism that's built into it and the answer isn't really some kind of a proper politics or something, but it's more about the utter inhumanity that was shown to be the case that it was something that could arise within the human condition. And so the beating of the drum to bring attention to a cause, it's like you're bringing attention to a guy who's in a mental hospital who thinks that he stopped growing at three, you know? it's I, I'm sure there are much better markers throughout that I could tell for sure what that thematic is about, but it's, it's an interesting idea to think about, you know? Somebody who might be beating a drum, especially compulsively, maybe they don't have the right things to say. <laughs> and maybe the point is you shouldn't be giving that attention to somebody who's just beating a drum. So who knows, though? I don't know. Uh, but it's an interesting idea. Uh, another thing, his name sounds like Nazareth. He's called Jesus at some point. His his last name is Matsareth. So it sounds like Nazareth. So I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it. And again, it comes in the wake of World War II in Germany. So you wonder how people felt about the justified and the unjustified demonization of Germany, you know, when it comes to the average German. Because Germans after World War One felt like they were victimized, even though they were major players in the war. <laughs> in World War One and aggressors in that war, they felt like that it was an unfair resolution, which, I mean, objectively, it probably was. The Treaty of Versailles was pretty ridiculous, and they couldn't have imagined that it would have led to a healthy German Republic after that. Case in point, after World War II, they didn't do that. They didn't absolutely batter Germany to make it easier for demagogues to gain power there. But so you wonder how people were reacting to this. And again, there's that dichotomy of him mentioning himself as a blue-eyed person who is actually an invalid that would have been likely purged by Nazis. So it's it's an interesting dichotomy. And one critic described it as a perfect representation of the atmosphere of the 20th century. So that as an encapsulation of the atmosphere and the feelings and what the 20th century was being the worst of us and the start of getting on track to be something great, then it seems, it seems like just a, a representation of that, a very good representation of that. So Gunter Grass in German wrote this book, The Tin Drum. It really annoys me that I wasn't more invested as I was reading through it because it seems like, I just, I read a lot of stuff and it seems like there was, it's exactly the kind of story that I want to hear, you know, that I want to be interested in. It's got broader political significance, it's got social significance, it's got thematics, it's got religious allegories. So much good stuff just packed in this one book, so I kind of wish I would have paid better attention. But at least everybody, you have an idea, you have a, an idea of the writing style. Of course, this is translated from the German, so I wonder if... I like the quotes that I read, but it doesn't it doesn't have the same musicality that you would find in, in a lot of the other great works that we read. But I like a lot of these quotes, you know, they're, they're quality. So anyway, this, this is the last coffee house. I really appreciate you listening. Okay, bye.